going to take a reading lesson this morning in the book of Matthew, chapter 22. We're going to read in just a little bit, Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, and we may turn to a few other places in just a little bit, but uh, I feel the need to kind of stay here this morning in the book of Matthew chapter 22. As you're turning to those places, for those of you that drove here this morning, what kind of signs did you pass on the side of the road? You ever been in town and go by a road and, and sometimes... I don't know, the, the studies sometimes are very low about the people that see the signs as they're going down the road. In other words, there's a yellow sign that may say hidden entrance. Most people know that there's a sign there, but they don't know what the sign says. Is anybody here realize that, yeah, there was a speed limit sign, but I don't remember what the speed limit sign said. You know, we, we a lot of times recognize signs, but we don't pay attention to them. But I want to shift gears just a little bit, and I want to ask yourself, why do we not pay attention? Is it because we're focused on other things and we're driving? The whole purpose of a sign is to give us a warning. Whether there's an intersection that's coming up, whether it is a, a, a railroad crossing that we're about to encounter, whether it is, regardless, school zone ahead, there's all kinds of signs that tell us, do not enter, wrong way, all kinds of signs and Yes, I have driven down a sign and I looked up and it said, do not enter. And I thought, no, I didn't catch it when I turned. But of all these things is that a lot of times we kind of brush it off or we're focused on something else and we forget to heed the signs that are in front of us. I want to read to you this morning in a, a little different context. What is it like for people that make careless mistakes when they were given a warning? And I don't even want to say given a warning. They were given that invitation. They were given a warning. They were given an opportunity. But they made a choice not to heed that warning. So this morning, if uh, you want to, to think and to ponder on a careless mistake. Is there anybody here this morning that's ever made a careless mistake? What does it mean? You think about that for just a, a moment. If you are careless about something, whether it's in school, whether it's at home, whether it's driving your car, or regardless of things, what do we mean when we say a careless mistake? We're going to read this morning in the book of Matthew chapter 22. When you are careless, it just simply means not giving sufficient attention or thought to avoiding harm or errors. There's a sign that says railroad crossing, the whole purpose is to keep from harm from happening. That's the reason behind it. Why is there a speed limit sign? So you can abide by the laws and you don't create an error and drive against the speed limit. It tells you there's a school zone, whatever. And the list goes on and on. The whole purpose is to try to prevent something from happening. One of the most careless errors that people can do is ignore the Word of God. The most careless thing we can do is ignore when God is speaking to us. The most careless thing we can do is just brush it off. As if it's not important. Brushes off as if there's something more important. Maybe that person's in the car and they're talking to you and something more important comes on the radio and you turn it up a little louder because you want to hear what's being said. But in doing that, you've also tuned the other person out. 
Folks, one of my greatest fears is is that people are tuning up the world and they're tuning God out. God is speaking, I have no doubt in my mind. I believe God is speaking because His Word is still here. That's what we abide by. Every time that we open His Word up, we abide by it. His Word is still speaking to us. But a careless mistake would be when people don't give sufficient attention to His Word. Matthew chapter 22 Let's begin reading in verse 1. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they could not come. Again he went forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. And all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. I want you to listen to this fifth verse. But they made light of it and went their ways. And the verse goes on to say, one went to his farm, another to his merchandise. Towards the end of Christ's ministry, Jesus is going to give a warning of what it's like for people that reject the gospel. I want you to notice something and I want you to please, please, please take note of this. It's not that they did not hear. They chose to, as the words were in that fifth verse, but they made light of it. Some thinks it's the same parable that we read about in Luke, but there's actually a little bit difference in the, in, in the two. But we know that a couple of things about this particular parable. It says, they made light of it. Why did they make light of an invitation that Christ, this is red letters, this is an invitation that Jesus had given to the people. But the scripture teaches us, they made light of it. In other words, it was not important. Maybe the street sign's not important to you. Maybe, that, maybe the, the, the siren that's going off that tells you there's a storm in the area, maybe that, that, that sound that you're hearing, maybe that's not important to you. But the whole idea is, is that when it becomes a careless mistake is when there's a, a means that's trying to protect us from harm or creating some kind of error, the idea is, is that we realize is that we must heed that warning. And it says, they made light of it. There's a lot of reasons why people are careless about things. One, it's not important to them. I'm tired of looking at those street signs. I look at them all the time. We're tired of hearing that siren or that alarm going off. We're, we're tired of these things, and we begin to just block them out. You know, there's a lot of research and studies that talks about when you hear the same thing over and over again, you kind of become numb and callous to it. Folks, do you ever get tired of hearing the gospel? Does the gospel ever make you just numb and callous where you can't hear it or you don't want to heed to it or you don't want to abide by it? I want you to know that I am deeply convicted this morning. It is a careless mistake to not listen to God. There's so many people. The invitation was given and it says, but they made light of it. It was not important to them. They laughed at it. They mocked at it. As a matter of fact, what we're going to see in this particular parable is there were some other things that were more important. Let me ask you something. Of all the things in your life that you can list and you can name, name me something more important than an invitation that Christ gives to us. 
There's nothing. There's nothing more important. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to answer that question for you because I'm telling you that on the authority of God's word, there is nothing that, that is more important than Christ speaking and that you and I heed what he says. But yet here in the invitation that we're reading about this morning, it says, they made light of it. Whether they wanted to admit it or whether they realized what they were doing, they were rejecting the message of Christ. You know, it's one thing for you not to listen to me. That's, that's one thing. If I tell you you need to go down this road or I tell you it's time to go take off to here or there, if you don't do what I tell you to do, matter of fact, you're probably going to be better off. But folks, when you don't listen to God, there are some serious ramifications for being careless about listening to the instructions that God gives us. Do you think that God gives us instructions in our life? Absolutely. One of the most careless things that a soul can do is to ignore the drawing power of God that's speaking in their heart. If God is speaking and God is drawing and God is, is telling an individual what they need to do and they walk away from that or they make light of it as we're reading about here, you're not just making light of a message from a person, you're making light of the message of the Son of God. And the message from the Son of God, there is nothing more important than hearing that message, but yet we see in these particular scripture in that fifth verse, it says, they made light of it. People make light of the life of Jesus. People make light of the crucifixion of Jesus. People make light of, of, of so many things and messages that Jesus is sending out to people and in the, in the means by which he is trying to deliver people from. Has there ever been a time, and you don't have to tell me this, has there ever been a time that you've left church and you made light of what God asked you to do? Well, God, the timing of that just really wasn't right. Or, or, or God, that was just really going to be off key if I was to say uh, that. It was really going to disrupt the service. Is there any time in your life that you've ever walked away from God? I don't need to unite with the church right now. Now's not a good time. They're busy or there's something going on. or I don't need to seek the Lord because of fill in the blank of whatever it is. You see, when you make light of the, of, of the invitation of, of Christ himself, notice what's going to happen here in just a minute. Because what they're going to do is they're going to make light of the invitation of Jesus and they're not going to take it very serious. I found a verse in the book of 1 Kings chapter 16 in verse 31. Ahab, notice what Ahab did when we start talking about uh, how people make light of things. If you're going to make light of a person... That means whatever they tell you to do, you're going to kind of do the opposite of that. You're not going to pay attention to it. 1 Kings 16, 31 said this, And as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal. So in other words, told to do one thing, but going to do another because they made light of it. Let me put this in in our home life for just a minute. How many of you has this even happened to or you, you were the doer? You touch that one more time, I'm going to get your hand. You know what the kid's going to do? Go touch it one more time. 
I told you not to do it and you went and touched it. But here's the thing. Is there ramifications for us not listening to God? Amen, folks. I'm telling you right now that if you make light of what God is asking you to do, He's going to do much more than slap you on your hand. A lost soul today that walks away from Him. Do you know what the ramifications of leaving God and God drawing you? Do you know what the ramifications are? It's hell today, folks. And sometimes we make light of hell. You want to talk about how light people talk about hell? Listen to the conversation. People use that word all the time just like it's part of a dialogue because there's no seriousness to hell. Folks, hell is not just a a, a verb. Hell is a place. It's a place of torment. It's a place where people will go. And the reason is it's much more than a slap on the hand. But it's for those that made light of hell. It. I just don't like going to those churches where those preachers just get up there and they, 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 they preach the gospel and they hound on us and how we should live and that we need to draw closer to God. Folks, I thank God today that He speaks to us through His Word, through His servants, through His church today. God speaks to us. But when God speaks, do we make light of it? For the Scripture teaches us that they made light of it. When you make light of something, what does that mean? It's not valuable to you. It's not important to you. You know what I've learned? I'm going to stop right there for just a second. What's important to one person is not important to another. Let's just stop for a second. You may think it's important to keep your car shiny clean. Next person may say it's not important to them. Now here's the idea. One's got a reason behind this and one's got a reason behind that. But let's stop for just a second. Let's look at it like this. Is it about what's important to you or is it about what's important to God? Folks, if God says, and I'm not going to tell you to wash your car, by the way. What I'm going to say, if God teaches us and tells us to do something, how important is it for us to do that even when we don't have a desire to do that? Is there anybody here beside myself that God has asked you to do something you really didn't want to do? Anybody? I didn't want to be saved for a long time, but then I wanted to be saved. I didn't want to preach, but you know what? I finally surrendered to God. There's a lot of things we don't want to do. It's not the action that we, it's the action that we don't want to do, but the whole desire is we do want to please God. And that's a whole different scenario that we can see today. But they made light of it. If a child was to walk up and tell you that's never driven before, you know, I'm talking a five, six-year-old child was telling you how to drive your car, you're probably going to make light of it. Because they, don't, they may not know what they're talking about in cars. They may not know how it is in traffic. Or they may not know all these things. Well, they're going to make light of it. Let me ask you this. Do you think Jesus was qualified to tell the people what was important? Do you think the Holy Spirit of God is qualified to tell you what you need in your life? We get really offended. Don't you tell me what I need. Folks, I'm not going to tell you what you need. I believe that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will indeed tell you what you need in your life. The Holy Spirit of God will speak into your heart. And I believe the Holy Spirit of God will tell you you need to be saved. The Holy Spirit of God will tell you to unite with the church. The Holy Spirit of God will tell you when to testify. And whatever it is you got to do. But God will send His Spirit, ascend upon us and lead us. Or will you make light of it? Will you turn it away? And to do that, that means that, that you don't value it. That means that you don't think very highly of the person that's telling you to do that. Maybe there's something that you don't have a lot of interest in. Or as we might even say, 
I just don't see the point. Have you ever had somebody tell you to do something? You're like, I don't see the point of this. Do you think Christ makes a mistake when he asks us to do something and sometimes we make light of it and saying, what's the point of this? What's the point of it? If, if, but there's a reason behind that. There's a, there's a purpose behind these things. I read a, a verse there in the book of Job. I'll read it to you right quick. In the 21st chapter and the 14th verse, he said, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. This is a very sad idea and thought and point. But there are people that roam this earth, and there could be people sitting in this very place that do not want the ways of God. Now, I'm not telling you who you are, what category you're in, or if you're here or not. I'm not telling you that. What I am saying is this today, folks. The most important thing we can do is desire the ways of God. But listen to the, the next part of their, that fifth verse. It says, and went their ways. This is where it's going to get kind of personal. Christ, this is the invitation but let me see if I can substitute something else in there. Fifth verse says, One went to his farm, the other to his merchandise. You know, it's not that people are lazy on Sunday mornings. And I'm not trying to get in anybody's business. It's not that people are lazy on Sunday mornings. It's the fact of, let's take out this and let's replace it with this. Maybe it's on a Tuesday night when it's your time to go visit or study or whatever it is. Do we ever pull out the things of God and instead insert something else in? Because we make light of it. This morning, how many things in our life are happening that, that we feel like are more important than being in the house of God? Now let me just take a side note. I believe there are things that hinder us from being in the house of the Lord. And I believe that. But how many things do we put in our way? How many times does the ox get in the ditch versus how many times do we push the ox in the ditch? You see, my idea this morning is, is that, and the thought is, is that, do we really make light of, of, of being able to assemble together? What a privilege it is. What a privilege it is for you and I to come together and God gives us an invitation. He speaks to us. He works with us. He moves in our heart. And all of a sudden, they just said, oh, okay. And they went their way. Lord, may we never get to a point where we just go our own ways, but may we always listen to Him. They went to their farm and they went to their merchandise. Another thing is there, was, there were things in their life that were more important than heeding the gospel message. Folks, I will pause right now and I want to ask again. Name me something that's more important than heeding the gospel message. And there is none. Now, if I ask that question, probably in a whole different public setting, get ready, because there will be answers given. I don't expect an answer in this kind of a setting, but if I was asked that question probably somewhere else, you're probably going to get some kind of an answer. And may we pray for those that don't see the need that they might heed the gospel message, for they went their ways. They had activities. They had things that they needed to do. They had things that was... More important, and as the scripture said, they made light of it. I'm kind of old school in a lot of sense, but I'm okay with the society slowing down and making time to go to church. I, I again, I'm just kind of giving you my own. I understand there's things that there, there, there's cost effectiveness of shutting down. I understand all that, 
But sometimes we, we, I pray that we would just be a society that could slow down a little bit and say, God, I want to hear the message you have for me. Now, I know technology allows us to hear the Word of God, but let me tell you, may we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. There's just something about being in the house of God. I've read sermons. I read lessons. I hear people a lot of times on videos and podcasts and all these things. But you know what? As beneficial as those are, I do not want to mislead anybody thinking that those are more needful for me than coming together right here at this church with you all. I get benefits out of those things. I get, I get knowledge out of those things. I get strength from those things. But there's nothing more important to me than coming to this place and being in fellowship with you. Sometimes that's not always the case that we get, but I'm thankful for the times we have. And when Jesus gave them that invitation, they made light of it. So what was their concern? What was their priorities? Maybe that's a whole other lesson we can talk about. What were their priorities? Let's go back for just a minute to that third verse. The message that came to the people was not ignored, but it was rejected. They heard it, but they rejected it. Look what he said in the third verse. They would not come. The problem is they did not want to come. How disrespectful, I guess we might even say, that these people felt like there was something more important than a gospel message. What's the most important thing that you and I need here this morning? Do we need whatever it is? We've got to have food. We've got, uh, we got to have water. We've got to have uh, oxygen. But you know what? Man needs food and raiment. But you know what we need more than anything else? We need God. God is more important than anything else that we have in our life. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of important things that we have in our life. But these people had, had, had heeded, had heard an invitation given by Christ. And not only that, they didn't reject it when they first heard it. So they kind of went along with it and all of a sudden they become unfaithful. Do you think it's possible for people to open up a door saying, God, I'm going to listen to you? And all of a sudden we become unfaithful and say, well, now there's something more important. I heard the first invitation, I heeded it, but when it comes time for it, I'm not going to listen to this anymore. But you know what else was really sad? Is that there was no shame in them in accepting an invitation and then later on turning it away. In other words, yes, Lord, this is what I'll do. Well, Lord, let me go back to the fifth verse. One went to, they, they made light of it. They went their way, one to his farm and another... To his merchants. Look at the fourth verse right above that in Matthew 22. He sent forth other servants saying, Tell them that are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. All things are ready. Come unto the marriage. There was a great deal of grace extended to the people. They did not earn the invitation to this wedding. I want you to listen to that this morning. They did not earn the right to attend this festival. But yet Christ gave them an invitation. There is not a soul that's here. There is not a soul that is out in that world today that has earned the right for an invitation to be saved. But yet if we feel like it, it's almost like that when the invitation is given and they make light of it, it's almost like it becomes beneath them. Folks, salvation is not beneath us, it's above us. 
It's not something that we are uh, that, that we are better than. It's actually the other end of that. It is something we are undeserving of even an invitation. An invitation alone ought to humble us that we are given an invitation to be with Christ. And that's why he tells him, he says, a certain king. We're not just talking about a, 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 a very low-budget wedding here, folks. We're talking about a marriage that was being put on by a king. You all talk about the good stuff. I believe they were going to eat good. I believe they were going to have a good time together. But they were given an invitation they did not deserve, folks. Getting saved today, you're invited to something that's far greater than anything you can imagine. Has anybody here ever watched a royal wedding? <laughs> Boy, they can throw on a celebration. But that's what God is doing. It says a king came and he says, and, and he, there was a time for a marriage for his son. Well, that's a whole other lesson we can talk about uh, another day. But it was a marriage for his son. And all of a sudden, they start making excuses about why they couldn't come. And say, well, one went to his farm and the other to his merchandise. There was no sense of urgency. There was no sense of, of need to be able to do it. They were going to make light of it, which is the 25th verse. They made light of it and went their ways, one to the farm and other to his merchandise. I want to go back to the very beginning and tell you. When a person makes light of something, it means they neglect it. Now let's, let's, let's think about all kinds of things you can neglect to do. But let's talk about a pretty simple one. What happens if you neglect to put gas in your car? It's going to run out of gas. It's just pretty simple. You, don't, you neglect something, there's a consequence to it. Folks, do you think there's a consequence for neglecting God? Absolutely, I believe in that. I believe that there's consequences for those that hear the invitation. God has opened up this opportunity and they made light of it and went their way. So here this invitation comes. And I want to read on down to the sixth verse now. It says, The remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. You mean to tell me there are rejectors that are out there? And it says, The remnant took his servants and entreated them. Now, the word entreated means they treated them spitefully and killing the servants. If they were going to declare a message of God, the people were not going to be receptive of that. So let's skip down to the seventh verse. And I'm going to close in just a minute. When the king... Let's listen to this right here right quick. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. The king said, I put on a feast... You've given an invitation. You know, sometimes we kind of get this idea, well, if they don't want to come, it's their loss. The king was wroth. Listen to what it says. That seventh verse, But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. It says, And he was wroth. Folks, justice is going to happen in due time. Justice is going to happen for those that reject the Lord. It says, He sent forth His armies and destroyed those murders and burned up their cities. I want to close in a couple of places right quick. 
Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3 says this. How shall we escape if we neglect? Hebrews 2 and 3, you want to talk about a careless mistake? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which is at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? How shall we escape if we neglect? Folks, God's done His part. But the careless mistake on our part is, is that God has given us a warning to prevent harm from happening, but we would not heed that. I want to close in the book of Proverbs for just a minute. Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, and I'll give you a second to turn over there. Because I want you to listen to these two verses I want to close with. Is it the idea that God is not given? If a child's hungry and they're reaching out for food and the parents provide it, then it's a win-win, right? If a child's reaching out for food and the parent don't give it to them, then that's on the parent. Do you think God is offering to man what we stand in need of? I, yes, I believe in that. But the question is, do we take and accept what God's given us? Proverbs chapter 1 and skip down to the 24th verse. Because I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have said it not, all my counsel, all of my counsel. He said, and would none of my reproof. He said, everything I had to offer, you had a reason why not to do it. The devil is a master at giving you excuses. Why not to come to church? Kids are rowdy, or I've got to get somewhere right after church is over with, or I've got to get up, and, and you know, we, we have all kinds of excuses, right? The devil is good at giving you excuses to maybe go to your farm or maybe to take care of your merchandise. But I pray today that we would not give in to all those uh, excuses, but may we get to a place and not make a careless mistake, but heed that invitation that's given to us by God. God bless you this morning is my prayer. I want us to get us a song if we could.